0: All right, guys, it's been a while since you guys last heard from this podcast. And uh, today I have a very exciting guest, someone that I actually met through my TikTok journey um, and I, you know, through TikTok, I met a lot of cool people. And this is the first time Melissa and I are connecting. Uh, so I'd like to introduce you to Melissa Ng. And she is basically doing all the stuff, not only in her five to nine. She has a full time job and she's doing like dropshipping e-com business and from what I understand launching a Launcher's Academy. Um, So a lot of exciting stuff, a lot to learn from her journey as well. So I'll basically dive right in. And Melissa, if you don't mind, just like introduce yourself a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So my name is Melissa. I'm currently based in Vancouver, Canada. I run a e-commerce mentorship agency called Launchers Academy, focused on leveraging the dropshipping business model to help entrepreneurs find winning products, build winning stores, and run profitable Facebook ads. I'm also a CPA by trade. So I work as a mergers and acquisitions manager at a multinational publicly traded company where I mainly evaluate business opportunities and strategic initiatives, also acquiring companies. Um, before diving into e-commerce, I started a strategic design agency, so service side of things, uh, helping entrepreneurs launch their business through getting clarity in their positioning and messaging and offer, as well as helping them create their brand and their website.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Um, yeah, we're both CPAs. I, I totally forgot about that. And I've seen so many like accountants, especially, doing a lot of side mm-hmm. hustles. I've, see, I've seen that as a theme, a lot of CPAs doing a lot of entrepreneurial stuff. Um, so how did you Melissa, get started? Like clearly you're going down, you have a really good career set out for yourself. You know, most people will basically focus on their corporate career progression as their top priority. And clearly, you know, that's working really well for you. Um, so what made you actually want to start like, um, uh, basically in this world of e-comm and as you said, even before drop shipping, you were doing a bunch of stuff. So what made you get started and how has that been?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so for myself, you know, backtracking back to elementary school or even high school, I always had a dream of starting my own business one day, which was actually why I went to accounting in the first place. The reason that I went into accounting was because I thought I would build a solid foundation in order to understand numbers so I can run my own business later on. Nice. So kind of diving back into my childhood dreams of starting my business, I always wanted to do it. Um, but I was always scared to actually take that first step and dive in. Right. But, you know, as, as you know, I'm sure as well, you're never really ready to start a business. You kind of just take that first step. You dive into it and hope for the best <laughs> in, in a certain way. Um, so I, I decided to, you know, take that leap of faith. Uh, there were a lot of limiting beliefs I had previously, which stopped me from getting into entrepreneurship or into e-commerce. but Um, I was able to kind of tackle those and really sit down and evaluate you have one life to live. Uh, Something that, you know, when I die or not, not to be super morbid, Mm -hmm. but what do I want people to know me for? Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to have taken a risk and be, have no regrets essentially at the end of the day. Um, So I decided to just dive into it and, and learn as I go. Uh, One of the things that one of my mentors had, Taught to me previously was you don't need to know and see the entire staircase you just need to know the next three steps in front of you and then you learn and adapt along the way so I think that really helped me in terms of mindset wise okay I'm just gonna do it and so that's why I dove in
0: yeah I love that like there's so much that you said that we could focus on here like especially you know focus on your next three steps no one knows the full way in. I think that applies to literally everything. Like, you know, everyone expects, like everyone has it figured out, but the reality is, and this is the theme I've seen with a lot of people that i have brought on here. Everyone just started out and said, we'll figure it out as we go. It's really about like the next step and diving into it. And that's the scariest part but it really comes down to that. So uh, that's like definitely like a theme uh, that I see from my own journey and everyone else, like no one has it figured out. You learn as you go and you apply. Um, so, You know, you touched on, you had limiting beliefs. So how long did it take for you to basically, let's say like you graduated and then you went went down your corporate path. How long did it take you for you to be in that point where you're like, you know what, now I'm going to take action. Was there like a certain inflection point in your life where you were like, you know, you touched on, you know, we have one life and that for me also resonates so much when it comes down to like hedging regret, you don't like regret is the scariest thing. So that for me is scarier than the scare of failure. So I'd rather just go do it and figure it out and fail as opposed to living with regret. So again, that also resonates with me a lot. So was there an inflection point? How how did that stage of you actually taking action look like?
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, So this brings me back to kind of remembering, there was a specific day. I don't really remember exactly Mm -hmm. when. I was just getting up, doing my routine of you know, getting ready for my corporate job, um, taking the SkyTrain to downtown Vancouver, which is where my office was. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking as I was on the sky train, there was this one tree <laughs> that I saw, and I just remember feeling like, wow, I've been doing this every single day. It's been three years now that I've graduated, mm-hmm. and I've been doing this every single day. It is my routine, you know, just get ready yeah. to work at 8.30, you know, take the SkyTrain, go to, my office and then sit for the next seven to eight hours working and then take the Skytrain back home and then you know take the evening off or whatever. I, I think it was just one of those days it felt like it was such a monotonous thing to do every single day and I decided to just sit down and was like hey, what am I doing? I'm actually enjoying this. It feels like I felt super lost like mm-hmm. I've never felt before even mm-hmm. though I graduated from a good university um, I have a good job. I work in mergers and acquisitions, so it's mm-hmm. good. Like everything was kind of going along the path that I had envisioned myself when I was in university looking to graduate. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exactly what I wanted.
2: Mm-hmm. But then
1: it made me just realize that I didn't have as big of an impact or it wasn't as fulfilling because I have always wanted to start my own business and make an impact to people's lives or into my community directly and be able to see that transformation. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't able to see that in my corporate job. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to, okay, well, I feel so lost and failure is fine for me because I would rather fail at something than regret not having done something 30 years, 40 years down the road. percent. I just decided to jump into it. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't like sit down and think super deeply about entrepreneurship next step, which I do like have a super huge plan. I just decided to dive into it and whatever happens along the way, I will course correct. Yeah. Uh, as you want to say, you know, as I start.
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny, like, you talk about that commute going to work because that almost, for me, transpired kind of the same way where I'm going to downtown Toronto, getting on the go train, is a 45-minute commute, and I feel like over time, even though, like, people see the transformation and stuff right now, I mm-hmm. feel like the inner work happened during that commute. Which I basically never even mentioned or talked about till you actually say this. Because in that commute, what would happen is I would basically turn on a, either a podcast, like a mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss or a Gary Vee. So that would just like, re, over the course of a year or two, rewire my brain. And then I'd also start reading a lot because I have all this time. So I'm like, I have this big commute. I'm not going to listen to music. I'm only going to invest that time into like listening to stuff. And I feel like over time of that commute, my brain slowly started rewiring and i'm like okay clearly there's a bigger picture in play you know i you know great, like i have a great job and everything but there is a bigger thing and like there's so much potential and i feel like that commute for me made me kind of it was the push that i really need to do something bigger and like take more risk because really there's not there's not a bigger risk than not taking any risk and just staying down my path and that for me was also like a turning point so i it's funny that you talk about your community because that's where my, I think, uh, infection point happened over time and gradually. So I, so you basically decided to take the jump right now. what does that like first few months look like? Like, what are the, some of the things that you learned and what are the, some of the things you would do differently during that time, if anything, but let's talk about like, you know, how you went through that initial first few months of not knowing, you know, what you want to do, how did that look like, and where was like your breakthrough moment, if any?
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, so, you know, using my more recent example of e-commerce, I'm going to yeah. talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, I always, I, I wanted to get into e-commerce. The reason why was because I wanted to keep my corporate job. I enjoy what I'm doing, but I wanted something more. So that's mm-hmm. why I wanted yeah. to do something on the side. And it was wanting to do e-commerce because of the opportunity that is in e-commerce, especially as you see now with COVID and moving on forward, um, the growth industry and being able to you know, continually increase in a hot market yeah. um, as well as being able to scale. So it's a lot easier to scale an e-commerce company than it is to scale, scale a service-based company. Right. Which is why I kind of transitioned from the strategic design agency into e-commerce, just because it was taking up way too much time for my agency. Where after nine to five, I go home, have meetings with clients, and I'm mm. exhausted. Yeah, so much brain power to have these customized meetings with each individual client. Right,
2: right. Um,
1: and then the opportunity to really automate a lot of things in e-commerce, where you can't <clears> really do that with service-based country because you're your friend.
0: Right? Very true, very true.
1: Yeah, so that was why, you know, when I first started, I tried to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. I watched all of the YouTube videos, mm-hmm. all of the, you know, Googling art, all these articles, mm-hmm. read everything, and mm-hmm. and felt like I had a somewhat good idea to do it. Mm. Trying to look for my first winning product mm-hmm. with the Google and YouTube resources that I found. Right. However, I started realizing that there was a lot of conflicting messages with all these different you know, gurus or people mm-hmm. talking about e-commerce. And so I decided to, you know, three months later, I still didn't actually launch my store yet. Mm-hmm. Is because I was stuck in that um, analysis paralysis phase where the information was way too overwhelming uh, and I just didn't know what to do. However, from that, I did decide to invest in the mentorship program. And I think that was actually one of the reasons how we got to su- to become successful as quickly as we did was because of that personalized mentorship program and really getting the knowledge from people who have done this before and who you want to start to become. So I'm a huge, you know, advocate for getting mentorship from people that you want to you know trade places with
2: right um
1: so that really helped a lot and i think you know if i were to go back one of the first things i would do is start that mentorship program right from the start or start getting mentorship right from the start rather than trying to diy everything because i want to save money and Mm. i felt like i could do it myself but at the same time i wasted three months before i actually started to get results and started to see everything
0: right Yeah, that's very interesting actually. I personally don't know a lot about these personalized mentorship, uh, so I'd love to like learn more and I think it might help even a lot of people who are looking to start out and even myself, I've never really considered like a personalized mentorship. So what does that look like? Are, Are these people that you aspire to be, they actually have like a paid coaching program? Is that what it's like?
1: yeah so we do a lot of um like one-on-one coaching programs so these are programs are a little bit more expensive but mm-hmm. think of it as an investment because right. most of the time you get that money back anyways because they are mm. where they are because they are doing these certain things for sure and so whatever niche you choose to be in doesn't have to be e-commerce can be you know filming video you know whatever right. um then you find people who you aspire to be and you really look up to if they have a program then even better because now they're able to give you the knowledge to how they, they became as successful as they are now. Right. Um, and then you learn from them. And you right. learn from their mistakes. So you don't have to actually be the ones going to make those mistakes yourself.
0: Right. And how would you advise if someone's looking for like a mentor and they really don't have someone in mind and maybe the people that they aspire, they don't have those programs. Because a lot of people like I, I'm thinking at the top of my head that, Oh, like I aspire, I don't think they have the mentorship programs. You know, otherwise I'd probably get on it. So how do you find, like, how do you find the right fit for you? And what does that search look like? If you have anything to add on that, I think that would be super helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean, mentorship doesn't only have to come in the form of programs or paid you know, coaching Group. programs. Right. Uh, mentorship can also come in the form of, you know, like interviews of, of, of an influential figure and so they do a lot of interviews you kind of learn what how they think what they think and why they think the way that they do Um, or it can come through books right so there's a lot of different ways to get mentorship but the idea is for you to really understand where they're coming from their perspective and how they think i think the how they think is really important i can change a lot of different things Um, and then from there you kind of adjust it based on what you are facing currently
0: right and the closest thing i can actually think of now that you talk more about it is like master class like that's the one thing i've been considering for my videography content creation journey how do i up the anti a little bit like take it to a new level and i've been and i've seen all these master classes of people that i aspire to be they don't have like specific coaching program but they're master classes and i think that's kind of like also like in this umbrella of like you know looking at those mentors and seeing how to learn from them. So uh, that's something that I've been definitely considering. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, masterclass. And there, that goes also in hand-in-hand with the Launchers Academy that you've basically launched. And you know I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. But I'm, from what I've seen, it is basically um, teaching people how to start their own dropshipping e-com businesses as well, right? Um, and how, so how does that work? And if someone actually wants to, sign up? Uh, is it remote? Like uh, For the listeners as well, maybe someone wants to check it out. So if you want to talk a little bit about that and how that could help people, that would be pretty useful.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the reason that we actually started Launches Academy was because, as I mentioned, when we got first started in dropshipping, there was a lot of information around mm-hmm. that was free on YouTube, right. but it was very conflicting. So everyone has their own way of doing dropshipping. Um, and you know, being successful in e-commerce in the way that they do. However, the, the trouble kind of comes in when you start mixing strategies because right. now what's supposed to work was if you did the entire system, mm-hmm. if you only do a piece of it and a piece of that and you combine it, now mm-hmm. it's not going to get you the results. That,
2: right.
1: Have the other person results. So right. we started this because we wanted to be able to help um, people get started in dropshipping the right way, not the wrong way, by showing mm-hmm. them the proven systems that we use in order mm-hmm. to the success that we did. Um, and then we host a lot of clubhouse rooms mm-hmm. <laughs> as okay. well, providing value to you nice. know people so that they're able to get a better handle on how to get started and giving them insight as well. Um, and then we have our website, as you know, launchesacademy.com, where we provide you know the information on how to get started. Programs that we have is a digital bootcamp program and then the personal mentorship program, where there's three of us myself and then two other co founders. We mm-hmm. answer all the students' questions 24 7 on a live Slack channel.
0: Okay.
1: So they're able to get the support that they need in order to actually see success from the program.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Um, so like so you started to drop your things uh, and you have your launches academy, uh, and if you don't mind and if you're comfortable talking numbers, I think that would be really helpful to help listeners understand like you know the progression and how you saw success and how you measure success. So you know what does the initial state in terms of revenue look like and you know where are you at right now? And even if you don't mind talking profit, I think that could be really helpful in determining like you know, what can be done and what was the time frame of, of the success? Um, I think it will be really useful and helpful and also can show the size of the prize that's out there for people who do want to go for it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so when we first started after we got the mentorship, not before, because we, mm-hmm. we didn't have an action previously, but after we got mentorship, it was within two and a half months, we saw 10K uh, in revenue.
2: Wow.
1: So we were, you know, ecstatic when we yeah. saw these numbers. Um, and realized that that was the point where I was like, "Wow, I should have invested into mentorship in the first place."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I could have seen those results, you know, many Before. months. Yeah. yeah, exactly, uh, and kind of solidified that mentorship right. was a thing. You
0: know. So two and a half months in, and that was was that recently? Was that a few years ago? Um...
1: Yeah. So um, no, it's been a while now. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then I think one thing to kind of keep in mind as well so that's revenue, right? Yeah, yeah. Actual profit, exactly. put into your pocket. So, right. um, in terms of the actual uh, profits from that, generally yeah. Facebook ads is the largest expense that you're going right. to have, right. which is driving traffic to your product, to your ads before right. you actually get the customers. Right. Um, so, with Facebook ads and everything, normally in the industry, you can see anywhere from uh, 30% to 50%, okay. uh, 60 to 70% depending on how good your ads yeah, are. Right. Um, and it really depends on the product. Cause it's all about finding that winning product. And then once you find it, then it's easy to scale. But the mm-hmm. challenge in the entire process is just finding that winning product. Right. So profit margin for us, we were within the industry range of 30 to 50% as well. Okay. Companies that are doing very well or stores that are doing very well is close to that 50% range. Wow.
0: 50% is pretty healthy margin. And that's excluding Facebook ads or including Facebook
1: ads? Including. So okay. after everything. Because yeah. um, Facebook ad is the main expense that you're going to have as a okay. job.
0: Gotcha. And, you know, I looked at dropshipping during the pandemic. I was doing a bunch of research and I looked at uh, Alibaba and stuff like that and all that type of fun stuff just to dabble in it. And it seemed like even shipping costs also huge expense and i think it's one of the biggest expense so how do you get kind of so is it that you're basically searching for a winning product that's a high ticket item so that it covers your shipping costs and like in today's world of drop shipping and from what i've heard it's more of a branded drop shipping where it's centered around the brand that works um where are you basically sourcing most of your uh products from and is it, like what does the research look like are you looking at is it still china like the biggest market and uh, yeah where do you source your products from maybe?
1: yeah very good question so the way that we go about drop shipping uh is we divide into two phases the phase one is really testing and validating the product so whatever product you find you want to validate that there's actually demand for it and that it's a winning product yeah. And once you validate that this product is a winning product uh, by having consistent sales then that's when you move on to phase two and mm-hmm. phase two is then the branding aspect of it where you're building that competitiveness and right. protecting your brand um, from that but when you first start it is what we do is we launch a general store so right. that you're able to test different products and find which one's the winner mm-hmm. and then from there you move it into a one product niche store
2: mm-hmm. then brand around that right That's and smart. when
1: and then when you first start testing the product, we use Aliexpress. The okay. reason why is because they have their inventory and the vast amount of items that they have. What It's the biggest and on Aliexpress. And right. then from there, once you are starting to brand, that's when you want to start using free PLs and finding a supplier um, to be able to get lower costs and lower mm-hmm. shipping as well as increase uh, or decrease the shipping time it takes to get the product to the customer. Right.
0: That's smart. So you first test a product, once it actually works, then you go a little deeper where you find a supplier with a lower cost and then put a brand on it and then scale it up. Exactly. Right. That's very smart. Um, and once you find the supplier, is that also, do you use Alibaba for that? Is that like your number one go to source in terms of finding supplier?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so initially when you're testing a product is through Aliexpress and yep. then when you're actually branding it, there's a couple of ones that we, that we use. Yep. Uh, one of them is Yakoffee. Uh, I can spell it out, but, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then there's another one that's also, um, pretty good. So Spocket is also very good. Okay. Um, so these are just, and Zendrop. So these three are the ones right. that I look to. And then once you build that relationship with the supplier, then that's kind of when you can really start negotiating down the prices and increasing the relationship there, building right. that.
0: So let's say there's someone looking to start out, someone's interested, how realistically in your experience, and, and this is if they do it the right way, they get <laughs> the coaching, um, they find the right mentor, and they do it the right way, how long do you think, and roughly how many do- So how many dollars – one needs to invest into starting out, and how much time do you think realistically does it take for a person to actually start generating profit?
1: Yeah, very good question. Very difficult question to answer as well. Um, So a lot of people say, or even on Google, you can start a dropshipping business with $200. Mm -hmm. Don't agree with that. The reason why is because you need to spend money on ads to really validate the product. And also, when you launch your first product, most of the time it's not going to be a winning product. And so, the game of dropshipping is finding that winning product and mm-hmm. launching, you know, the products in order to get that winning product. And it's really difficult to say how fast you are able to see success because it depends on the product.
0: Of course, you no. can
1: do all of the systems correctly, but if the products are going through, are not the winning product then it's going to take you a little bit longer right. so for students in terms of our program we've seen successes through you know the third product launch it's kind of scaled up or even the fifth or sixth product mm-hmm. launch some of them hit 10 product launches before mm-hmm. they see that consistent profit and find that winning product right it completely just depends on that product
0: right okay fair enough and in terms of dollars so you disagree with two hundred dollars. i would also say like that's a little on the low end but realistically, like if you're looking at someone and like, Hey, comfortably, if you want to like invest something comfortably, what is it like a thousand, two thousand, 2000 just to give a ballpark if someone's looking to start out? What does that look like in your mind? Yeah. Uh, $1,000 I would
1: say, Okay. yeah, so it gives you, it gives you leeway to test a few products, um, as well as the enough amount for you to be able to spend on Facebook ads. Yeah. And the Shopify store every month is like 50 bucks or something. So,
0: right. Right. Yeah. It's funny. Like, you know, we say a thousand dollars, like it's a lot, but you're talking about starting your own business in today's day and age with thousand dollars, you can set up a potential business that can give you that income and potentially, you know, if you do it the right way, eventually, wean off your job. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, like we paid what, uh, when we went to university, like tons of money a year oh, yeah. in, in our education. Right. So I think like the arbitrage and with the internet is like the cost of, of entry is very low, like with these mm-hmm. costs, Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunity, but with that also a lot of competition. Um, but you know, a thousand dollars, it may sound a lot, but you know, if you're serious about it, um, uh, you can recoup that money in months, right? So I think that's very interesting with the internet. Um, In terms of skills, what are the key skills for people coming into this e-com, dropshipping world? Like the the thing that you think is a must-have, it's like if you don't have the skill, you might want to reconsider coming into this or work on this. Like what is that for you?
1: Yeah, very good question. Um, So not necessarily like any a technical skill the first thing I want to say is just mindset right so having the mindset that this is gonna take work a lot of people go into dropshipping and see all the numbers on YouTube or you know different dropshipping ads and see mm-hmm. all the revenue numbers but they're thinking that it's gonna be something that's really easy and mm-hmm. in reality dropshipping is not easy mm-hmm. you have a system in place that is able to help you along your journey uh, and take off a lot of time. However, you still have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the misconception with dropshipping is we dive in, you launch a store, and you're able to see from zero to 100K. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. Like two
1: months. Right. It's not like that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? it, you need to put work. It's just like any other business, it takes mm-hmm. time to start, and you need to be consistent at it. A lot mm-hmm. of time, the reason that people are failing is because they're not consistent. You give up right away when they yeah. first see their rope, the first roadblock they see, they're like, okay, well, this isn't for me. I'm going to give up. Yeah. That's why. Um, so I think the number one thing is just having that mindset that this is something you need to work on and not to give up you PC challenges. Uh, so having a bigger why. Yeah. Money is going to get you started, but it's not going to keep you going.
0: Yeah. Like it's so important. Like I think consistency is key in anything that you do to get that return. Cause a lot of people go through the honeymoon, they're excited. But they kind of fall off, right? And and the consistency is where a lot of people back. So and you said the the why, you know, the, the you need a big why to kind of keep you going. What was that for you? Was that just like your? Because I'm sure, like, you know, if you have any specific examples where you were like, man, like, I don't know if I'm I want to do this. Like that's a lot of work. Was there a time like that? And how did you stay consistent? What was your bigger why? And how did you just keep? going, because I'm sure even at some point even this felt like a lot of work, monotonous, you're not seeing any returns, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so my big why, I guess getting a little bit personal here mm-hmm. is I want to do this for my parents mm-hmm. um, growing up, you know, my parents were immigrants. They moved yeah. to Canada, the moment they moved, they mm-hmm. basically had nothing right? mm-hmm. from ground zero. And so I saw them work extremely hard mm-hmm. when I was young and them seeing them now, even I, I feel like. I want to be able to do something bigger and not just work a corporate job, so that I'm able to provide for them a lot more, especially when they are older as well, and also to have them be able, more proud of me, right? Um, to be able to to, to show that I am able to do something like this for them. So that's my biggest why.
0: Yeah, the more we talk, I feel like we have way more similarities than you know I even <laughs> thought. It's interesting because like I think it's also like immigrant mindset, right? Like we've seen our parents make the transition and they definitely had to pay a lot more sacrifices than us because coming in, you know, uh, working hard, like, you know, we still had a system where we got the education and we were able to enter a market and our parents had to go through way more struggles and we've seen that sacrifice. And definitely for me, like I want to give back more than I am right now. And for me, that's also like a part of a bigger why about why I want to like push myself further. So th- that's really cool, and you know, and, and I think that's it's really nice to see that, and you know, definitely resonates a lot with me. Why that could be such a powerful force in like motivating me more. So thanks for sharing that and being really like open about that. It, it, I really appreciate that. Um, so we talked about like you know your bigger why. Now in terms of your vision about so clearly like this is something you're focused on. This is where you want to take things to the next level with your Launchers Academy. Do you have also, like, in terms of, like, your vision of where you want to take this next? Is there something else that you want to conquer next? Or you basically, like, what is it, Do you have a long-term vision in mind? Or is it, like, you just focus on the next step and the next? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so as a company, we are focusing on being able to help over 1000 entrepreneurs over mm. this year. Uh, so that's what we're striving for. Okay. And right now my focus is just on scaling and growing this business because I know a lot of people want to get into dropshipping. Um, especially as I started putting out a little bit more content on dropshipping, a lot of people and even my friends that I didn't know were actually interested in e-commerce started reaching out and letting me know that, wow, uh, dropshipping was something that I always wanted to do because that's one of the easiest way to get into e-commerce compared to all of the other e-commerce right. models with the lowest investment or lowest right. Right. Uh And so
2: it's,
1: being able to hear these messages, it makes me and gives me the drive to continue doing what I do so mm-hmm. that I can help more people. Yeah. Uh, so the focus right now is just scaling on this mentorship agency, as well as continuing to run our e-commerce stores. So we have multiple e-commerce stores we're running as well to stay relevant in the industry. Mm-hmm. And because that's how we got started. So we are still doing that. Um, yeah. But aside from these two, that's where all my time and focus is yeah. on outside of my actual job.
0: Right. Um, that you mentioned the time because I wanted to actually talk to you about this in terms of time. Like I'm sure with your full time job, and I can certainly speak to that. Like it it's not easy like having full time job, you know, a challenging one. You know, which trying to do your best on top of that, being an entrepreneur and launch launching your own business and then helping other people launch their own business, mm-hmm. right? So that's certainly a lot. So, you know, I, I do appreciate you taking the time out for this podcast and I know how you know, with the times, it's, it's a lot, it's a challenge, right? So how do you, like, do you have any systems in place? Any best practices that you follow? How do you manage your time and your schedule in a nutshell?
1: Love that. That's one of the number one questions I get asked. And yeah. people know I, I'm doing so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a huge like productivity
2: Freak. Mm -hmm. So
1: I, you know, all the different productivity systems, I probably tried at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what I do is I think it's super important to know where your time is going uh, so that, you know, whatever time you have outside of your nine to five is being put into use of actually moving you towards your goal. So this kind of comes back down to what your why is. And from there, what is your goal for the next year or three years or five years? Mm -hmm. And how are you going to achieve those goals? And when you think about achieving the goal in the next year, what are the things that you need to do in order to be able to reach that goal? So right. everything that I do in my business, it's towards moving that needle of the business and anything outside of that, I, I try to outsource. So I think having a team is extremely important when you are trying to build something bigger, mm-hmm. especially if you have a nine to five commitment already. Um, and then from there, making sure that every all your energy and time is spent in, intentionally so intentional energy management, I think is extremely important.
0: Right. Intentional energy management. I like that. I'm going to actually think about that when I, how I devote my energy, intentional energy management. It's a good one. So do you have anything that like gives you energy in the sense that like everyone needs a reset button mm-hmm. in the day? Like for me, it's like working out, is like a must have that is me time. It gives me like that focus. No matter how bad my day is, I go get a workout. But, like that gives me my baseline success and I can have a good day or like, you know, a successful day. do you have any like rituals or stuff like morning routines or anything like that that works specifically good for you that helps you kind of like anchor everything?
1: Yeah, I love that. I, I, I personally think that your morning routine sets your entire day. So I'm a huge, uh, you know, fan of having a good morning routine. So what I do when I wake up, first thing I do is, you know, after drinking a cup of water, is mm-hmm. I sit down with my journal. I have a journal that I write in every single morning of what I am planning to achieve. So these are I am statements. So. Okay whether it be, you know, I am a successful entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. um, I am, you know, making a million dollars in sales in my business, something like that. So it gives and sets the intention of where I want to be so that subconsciously everything that I'm doing from that point on is working towards these goals because I remind myself every single morning, this is what I want to become. Right. And it has to do with manifestation as well. If this is what you want to become, you kind of bring all the energy, you know, towards mm. that and helping you achieve that so from there i then do my to-do list of what i need to do in the day in order to help me reach those goals
2: right
1: and after yeah. that i do my morning workout which
2: right.
1: totally same with you that's how i get energy in order to kind mm. of work through all of those things that
0: right. yeah those workouts are so key for me it's been a little challenging with the morning routine i'm not gonna lie because i'm working toronto hours mm. and my first meeting or my day starts at six. So I have to start to work at six, like a wow. plus minus. Right. And I'm a morning person, but it's still a challenge for me because I'm not like, I don't think I'm like going to sleep at a time because I get carried away with my creative stuff at night mm-hmm. and then trying to make up to my six. So I used to be a big like workout in the morning, but I think my morning routine has taken a hit and I'm trying to find like a balance. To kind of fit that in and that's been like the missing piece in my life right now bringing that morning routine back considering my day starts super early now with this um but that's like a key area of like thing that i need to work on to because i do feel like i've had more burnouts now than i ever have just because my sleep schedule is a little messed up and i'm not getting that enough rest um uh, that being said do you feel burnouts uh, have you had that recently or how does that look like for you
1: yeah uh- Yes. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> answer is I, I feel like if you go into entrepreneurship, you're definitely going to have burnout, uh, especially because, you know, a lot of this is new, right? Mentorship mm-hmm. program itself it is new. So even though we've been doing e commerce for a while, kind of taking on this additional business, it's a completely another business in another way, right? Right, right. It's just um, trying to manage that and making sure I work basically like nine to six, seven sometimes mm. from my finance job because it's not yeah. really nine to five. It's yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, finance
1: is demanding for sure. Um, and then from there, it's I work right afterwards until sometimes like one or two a.m. just because I want to finish stuff. Yeah. So knowing when you need to stop is extremely mm. important and something. Honestly, I'm still learning and trying to figure out because mm. I don't have like a set, you know, stop right. I need to take a break. Right. Um, but going to nature really helps. That, that's yeah. what I found. When I do feel those burnout, I shut off everything and I'm like, okay, the next three hours, I'm going to just relax in nature, think about nothing so that I can just really, you know, re-energize myself. Um, And that really, really helps, especially in Vancouver, where the mountains are literally 30 minutes away. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And that's my way of kind of removing myself from the office, from my laptop and everything that's going on
0: yeah nature is definitely like the best remedy personally for me i think that's one of the best things that came out of the pandemic for me is like spending a lot of time in nature and helping me reset that um yeah i just have a few more things for you before we close off so any specific books that you think change the game for you like what what would you recommend if you were to like recommend a few books top books because i clearly see behind you like you're a big reading enthusiast so Um, any uh, books that you would recommend for people to read?
1: I think the book that completely just changed my mindset of being like, okay, corporate is the only way to go. Mm -hmm. Nine to five is the only way to go. I was thinking grow rich.
0: Thinking grow rich. I've heard that in so many podcasts and yeah, thinking grow rich, but I still haven't read that. So, you probably look into that one
1: yeah absolutely i think it like the book itself it just gives you a completely different perspective of thinking and it it just completely changed the way that i thought Mm -hmm. about reality about the world really Um, love it yeah
0: it's by napoleon some uh who's the author i'm forgetting the name but i feel like it was napoleon yeah
1: napoleon
0: okay uh, gotcha Mm-hmm. all right so that's your top book um yeah i'll look that up I, uh, recently i read a book uh the war of art yes very cool book i, I just finished it last weekend and i i think that was one of those, like the best books i've read this year mm-hmm. um it, if you haven't gotten a chance i would definitely recommend that it, i want to read
1: that that's definitely on my list
0: yeah it's a really good book um so thanks for the recommendation and just to close it off like what are your final words for like you know people looking to start off like what would you what would you say to them and encourage them to start off on their journeys or uh anything you want to say to the audience
1: yeah for sure just take that leap of faith everything is going to work itself out um, but you just need to know, you know, that you, why you are doing this. And then from there, when you have a bigger purpose, I think it's going to be able to drive you, even when you find challenges and obstacles along the way with you 100% will,
2: yeah.
1: that's going to help you overcome these challenges and obstacles, and you'll be able to learn and adapt from there. Like business is not something that you, you need to know a hundred percent of what's going to happen. You have to understand that it's a learning and adapting process, mm-hmm. the only way to, really go about it and learn is if you fail through experience and then from these experiences, you really learn and pick up a lot of different skills.
0: Love it. Thanks for that. Uh, Yeah. Like just do it. You learn as you go. Um, You know, like I think like that's again, a consistent theme in what I see. No one has it all figured out. You got to take the leap of faith. You learn as you go. So thank you for that. And, you know, thank you for coming on in. Knowing that you have such a tight schedule, I'm glad we managed to have this chat as well. Um, you know, being in the same city in Vancouver, you know, um, definitely keep in touch. But thanks for hopping on this podcast and, uh, you know, we'll continue the conversation. So thanks for joining, us, It was great.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed
2: this conversation.